We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yeah, I'm not going to address anything with specific players other than to say, yeah, I, I don't believe in untouchables. I never have. I just think they're obviously players who are really hard to move and you're just doing the organization a disservice if you close it. It's hard enough to engage in trade discussions. Why would you want to create a subset of players that you can't even talk about? So it's um, that's just something we won't do. And yeah, I think look, we're open to change I and mean, we're open-minded about this roster. And and um, you know, I, I expect to have a lot of trade discussions this winter. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the players on this year's team are going to be part of the next Cubs championship team. Some will not be. Some will not. This hour on the score is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. I want you to tell me who should be traded or who might be traded from this roster, Bruce. Man, how painful is it to start separating yourself if you're a Cub fan from your championship caliber Bulls on that team, the guys that made it happen, the guys that you fell in love with and were pretty much responsible for the first championship for that franchise in 108 years. Well, it's pretty tough for the front office to separate themselves as they have now admitted that they emotionally got connected and kind of thought these guys would be better because they just kept believing in them and now are having to make some difficult decisions. A lot of them had good years. I mean, you know, we're talking. We're, we're going to talk about guys that had good years. Javier Baez, uh, the second half he slipped and then he got hurt. But uh, if you look at the uh, the year um, and you just break down the metrics and you you skip over the last six weeks, that was a very good year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rizzo had his typical year. Um, it was the typical Anthony Rizzo year. Uh, Bryant, uh, after an injury plug, two thousand and eighteen. Came back and uh, up until the last six weeks was a uh, five-plus war player. Uh, it dropped significantly after that. Uh, but in general, a pretty good year. Uh, a versatile year, playing uh, a lot of different positions for Joe Madden. Uh, when you look at Schwarber, it was a breakout year for Kyle Schwarber, especially in the second half. Big power numbers in the second half. So these are the four guys we will concentrate on. And... If you go to 670thescore.com, I wrote a story on our website about the possibility of some of these guys being traded. And who or whom would you trade to make this team better for now, being 2020, and the future? And the one guy that we left off um, and that is the wild card that I put in there is Wilson Contreras. So the consistency of the... Uh, fact that you have Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, and Schwarber all with two years left on their contracts. 2021 is mm-hmm. exit time in November unless they sign long-term deals. Contreras has one more year, which goes through 2022. So you have contract control by the organization on Contreras through 2022. Matt, uh, 
you make the call. Is it one, two, or none of them that you would deal to try to be bring back some younger talent that could help you win now and also in the future? There, it's one at least. It's one for sure. And and then I have to start thinking about okay, who am I not going to be able to pay or not going to be willing to pay as we get closer? Who will not bite on a preemptive extension, if that is indeed my goal? And who will have the most value of the people that I put out there? And as I think about those three questions, and that la- the first one, who am I not willing to pay top premium dollar? It, it, it's a newer feeling for me on that front. But the other two, I don't think I'm going to get them to sign an extension. And who's going to have the most value? Those answers have been Chris Bryant for a while. Right. So to me, I end up with all of this. Because, so is, is he also your choice because he'll bring you the most back? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the, mo- so, the most value. So and, it's, not, it's not disliking Chris Bryant. It's no, weighing all those other things. Weighing all those things. And, all, and, and the other thing stylistically is that everything you're talking about and now admitting that you have to change, it, Chris Bryant is not going to change what kind of swing he has, what kind of approach he has, nor necessarily should he. But so go ahead and get that value. But you need somebody to make contact with high fastballs and 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 breaking balls that go down in the dirt. So you need to change your mix. Are, are those other guys going to be able to do that? I think Schwarber started to okay. over the second half of the year. I think Rizzo can better than most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to bring in other people that can. Whoever you trade Bryant for, right. and and that, then we get to who you, what you get in trade. I don't think you're trading for prospects to restock a system. I think you're trading for some MLB players that you can have as part of your mix. You know, right it's now. interesting. I I tried to make a case for all of them uh, being the most interesting guy on the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And you can actually do that because these are all really good players. And Schwarber is now considered having taken that step up with 37 homers and 92 RBI uh, to the point where people would be very comfortable, especially in the American League, adding him a big left-handed bat at age 26 to that mix. And, uh, you know, it's intriguing. Uh, You know, again, the two-year window – uh, does that that gives you uh, the ability to get top talent back? But how far would teams go only having that two year window? Yeah, well, it's that, that's that's what makes it very interesting. And because of money coming off the books, if you are to trade Bryant, whose arbitration number will be very high for in a single 18. for a single year bubble, so you're taking eighteen mil more off the budget. Does that then mean you are free? to make a run at a third baseman at Josh Donaldson well, or I mean, Anthony Rendon. You want to bring in a 37-year-old guy for a year? For a year or two. Mm. Do you? Mm. Uh, while, you're, while you're restocking I, with I think, Bryant? I think, you, I think if you're trading Bryant for me, and that's, that's an in, intriguing idea, mm-hmm. but for me, if you're trading Bryant, you're bringing in three guys that you feel are going to be part of now in the future. Contract control yeah. is a, a key element to it, not just trying to win – in 2020, uh, in 2020 and 21, um, you know, they might, they might go to Tom Ricketts, you know, Epstein and Hoyer might sit down with Tom Ricketts and Crane Kenny and say, look, from the baseball side, our window is closing, but Mm -hmm. we can reopen it. But that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to win in 2020. To reopen it, we might have to take a step backward 
slightly mm-hmm. to move forward, a la what the New York Yankees did in 2016 by trading Chapman. Right. What, what I keep thinking about is uh, Andrew mi- Miller to uh, the Indians. To the Indians. Yeah. Um, what I keep thinking about is a is a combination of trading somebody and then signing a free agent to fill that spot. For instance, if you trade Schwarber, you sign Castellanos. Right. If you trade Bryant, then you go out and you get yourself uh, a third baseman, possibly, or you make a run at Rendon if you actually if you can. Right. I mean, it's it's a good point. You shift your dollars around, right, and your perspective of club uh, retention of those contracts, which is huge. And not only that, consider this, Matt. You've you've had Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber, Contreras for a while. Rizzo's been under contract and probably the best contract in Cub history. It'll pan out to being through 2021, uh, nine years, $70 million. Mm. That saved the franchise over $150 million, that contract alone. Mm. It's easy math. But just do it. Um, when you look at those guys, though, right now, uh, you're talking about the fact that money-wise – uh, they you haven't been able to sign these guys to extensions, so it has caused Epstein and Hoyer, uh, Harris, and their front office uh, significant problems of projecting what the payroll is for the future, and that is key. You know when you sit down with uh, with Mr. Ricketts and Crane Kenny, and you say, "Well, here's our baseball plan. We know we have this guy, this guy, and this guy." Well, after 2021, right now. There's only three guys that you have on that 25-man roster that are mm-hmm. that are star-quality players, veterans that you can project, and that's Hendricks, uh, that is Jason Hayward, and that is you Darvish. After that, you got nothing. Yeah. So, so projecting your payroll for the third, fourth, and fifth year down the, the line, yep. impossible to do, and, that, and that's been very difficult for this group. Cost certainty, knowing exactly what you're going to get. You have to be able to project, and you have to, you know, before you ask the, the owner again for, well, we're, we're going to need a $220 million payroll, $230 mm-hmm. million. Well, his first question is, for what and for how long? You know, and uh, are we going to get some stability in here that takes us down for a while and then brings us back up? You know, we're, we're willing to pay a top price, but are we going to have to go up to 260, 270 million yeah. with this group to get it done? Uh, the, the other guy that I think about trading because of how much value will be out there is Contreras. And I know he was your wild card in the mix because he's got the extra year of control. But positional scarcity makes me think that you're going to get more from him. But the more I think about it, I think his energy and what he brings to the table is exactly what you want. In your clubhouse, if not more of. It, it is. You know, the defensive metric, uh, you know, people still question what uh, if he's good enough. But you, you, you bring in the power. You bring in the arm. You bring in the energy level. As you say, Matt, that, that's important. Yeah. That's really important. But, uh, you know, they have a young catcher in Amaya that is, uh, has finished uh, single A at the high level. He'll probably catch a double A. Uh, the catch and throw is considered to be excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the power numbers went up with um, double digits in doubles and home runs for the first time last year. So there's a projectable guy down the line, nobody that you can count on in 2020, but the likelihood that uh, you might have him and Caratini handle it in 2021 and beyond, 
that's something that they have to consider depending on what they get back in a trade for a catcher who's been the all-star starter the last two years. 312-644-6767. Hop in on the conversation. There will be some White Sox talk this hour as well for sure. But uh, who do you trade from uh, from the mix that Bruce just presented to you? Jason is in Manuka on 670 The Score. Hello, Jason. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. Um, you know, everyone keeps talking about Brian as being the likely choice. And, and I understand all the reasons behind it. But the thing that just, you know, I guess makes me want to pump the brakes onto it is the fact that it is going to be something that you're, as Bruce talked about, that you're looking at probably one or two more years before you're really ready to compete again. I just don't see that you're going to get players in return. I don't see, I don't see teams making a trade for Bryant without of major league ready talent. They're Mm -hmm. going to be somebody who's, going to be a year or two or possibly three years down the road and actually and able to get the actual value for them. So that's just closing your window quite a bit. And then the people that talk about signing Rendon, I just don't understand how you're looking at signing somebody who's going to get probably $200 million that's going to be the same age as Chris Bryan is when he's hits his free agency year and has never really – hit more than 25 home runs until last year i mean and most of the time is under 100 rbis on a nationals team that was as stacked as as the cubs lineup was i I think you're underestimating rendon the last three years number one in war in baseball is mike trout number two is anthony rendon yeah games played and injuries uh those are some factors for sure and defense as well i I just i I think rendon is a great player but you know with the agent and with the uh MVP quality year that he had this year. Uh-huh. Um, he's, you know, they're going to be asking seven years, right? So, you know, it's going to be, you know, there's there's stories out there that Washington already offered seven yeah. for 210, and, you know, they kind of just rolled their eyes. So, I mean, that's a pretty good contract, and I would, if I were him, I'd, I'd certainly consider that and, and stay where you're at because proving yourself somewhere else is not fun free agents making a couple hundred million dollars. I understand the thought that trading Bryant is going to mean that your window closes for right now because you're assuming that what you get back is younger, cheaper, unproven players, right? And not not quite proven. I think there is another You have to do better than that. I think so. Yeah. I think you do. And yeah. I think where you might make a concession, it, it it can come from a different place. Maybe you get, for instance, one year of Mookie Betts for two years of Chris Bryant and the Red Sox throw something else in to try and even it up a little bit, but you make your concession in terms of years of control, but you bring in a great player immediately. Yeah. I, I don't see where, where would he fit in the Boston dynamic? Bryant. Yeah. Uh, left field, probably move Ben and to, to center and put Bryant and left. Okay, so you're tra- you're you're trading the center fielder too. Uh, well, he's a he's a free agent to be Jackie Bradley, right? So I don't, or you can move Benintendi to right. right. I, I think Bryant plays left, unless you want to try Bryant and right, right there. But he's an outfielder. So Bradley has one year left. Bradley and so I, I, I'd love them both. Yeah, Bradley and Betts with both with one year left. Bryant with two years. I mean, years you know, Bryant would be an intriguing player in that ballpark. Sure would. You know, uh, but the the idea of um, the one year control. Unless you're getting back a couple players that you feel are important players down the line, 
Uh, it would be hard to do. How about two years of Bryant for one year each of of Betts and Bradley? Know, and, but, you and know, then you the, resign one of them, but whichever then you're, one you want. You're closing your window. I mean, your Not window you... is completely closed in 2021 when you're already losing John Lester and Jose Quintana. Yeah, unless you decide to spend money and resign Mookie Betts, who's a better player than Chris Bryant. No, I, I understand, uh, but that would be his choice at that point. Yep. You know, would he would he take a contract or roll the dice? On you know his abilities, so I just want to bring up the angle as a different. You no, know, no, it's, it's an intriguing. It's an intriguing one to throw out there yeah. uh, because it would it would help you to solve some major problems and uh, and give you a championship caliber team for 2021 right. or tw- 2020. 2020 give, right. give you one right there. Um, everything is problematic though. Everything everything has its issues. Well, you know the, the whole whole point here is. What are Epstein and Hoyer thinking about 2020? And is that um, a rebuild, a slight rebuild mode? Mm-hmm. Or is it uh, we have to hit our window and we're going to do everything we can to win a championship in the in these next two years while we still control these contracts? 670, the score is where you are. Dial it up and get involved. Bruce Levine, Matt Spiegel here on Inside the Clubhouse. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We're back on Inside the Clubhouse. He's Matt. I'm Bruce. We're here for you every Saturday on Inside the Clubhouse. 52 weeks out of the year, whether we like it or not. Right, Matt? Yes, I like it. We like it. We like it a lot. So off the year, Matt and I were talking about the fact that Joey, uh, not Joey Cora, but Alex Cora was hired by the Boston Red Sox while he was still the bench coach of the Houston Astros. Now, that was in 2017, just a couple days before the World Series started. Will history Hmm. repeat itself again? With Joe Espada. Yeah, the, the, the rule from major league offices is that you're not allowed to make major moves during the World Series. But as you say, that was two days off. Monday would be an off day no matter what. Tuesday, the World Series starts. If you're the Astros, do you let Joe Espada go do a press conference on Monday in Chicago when you might end up play a game, be playing a game seven on Sunday night until 11 o'clock or midnight? Or do you put the release out saying we've hired him and come and see us uh, November 1st? Uh, we'll have the press conference then. All right. How about the flip side? How about they don't announce anything? On that, Monday, that, that works. Uh, probably works in the favor of Espada, right? If they don't announce Ross, uh, you know, by Monday or Tuesday, it, it, you know, and, and they, right. then you have to wait for the World Series. That- it, it, it could it could tell us one of two things. It could tell us Espada is a favorite, or it could tell us that Espada they want to talk to Espada a Again. second time. Yeah, and they're willing to let Ross twist because in the really, wind a there's bit. no timeline for the Cubs. They don't. They they don't have to name him tomorrow or November second or November ninth, uh, just so they're comfortable with their hirings and the, the direction they're going. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. It's seven o'clock tonight. The Chicago Wolves host the Rockford Ice Hogs for an Illinois Lottery Cup showdown at Allstate Arena. Get your tickets at chicagowolves.com. We are winners. We are the Wolves. Uh, Bruce Levine, if I am the Chicago White Sox, 
I go to Nicholas Castellanos and I say, you fell in love with Chicago. Chicago fell in love with you. But guess what? The Cubs can't afford you. The manager that you fell in love with gone anyway to Los Angeles. Come nine miles south and be the beloved free agent acquisition in a division you know well, having played with Detroit, and come be our right fielder uh, for the White Sox. I, I think that's that's a, a heck of an interesting idea because of the fact that not only is he um, the type of player we saw that brings uh, uh, power to left and right field and has uh, you know extra base power, you know, you know, almost ninety extra base hits this year. But the idea that um, he um, brings so much energy mm-hmm. to your team uh, brings a dynamic of knowing the division, as you said, and um, there's a wide open spot in right field. Yeah. And I know, I know that they, all things being you equal, know, they'd love to have a left-handed bat there. But screw yes, it, yeah, screw it. I mean, this, this this guy's good and can hit lefties and righties. He can hit the high fastballs that people are attacking <laughs> ball clubs with these days. I like it. I mean, I like the idea of it. Uh, as you said, they're a little right-handed, uh, overbalanced uh, with the fact that you're going to have um, down the road another right-handed hitting second baseman and first baseman, even. After Abreu uh, signs for a couple of years, comes back, and then it's probably um, Vaughn who they drafted this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as one White Sox a, a executive said to me, if they're all really good hitters, we don't care what side they hit from. Yeah. So maybe they can trade for down the road a, a left-handed bat. Uh, right now, all only thing from the left side they get is uh, you know some pop from their third baseman, but uh, you know, down the road here, if they're all good and they're all borderline all-stars, you know, I'm sure they would consider that. So that's, that's not a bad call. Jim in Lockport says he'd be fine with Castellanos, but he preferred JD Martinez. If he opts out, not me and Yasmani Grandal, the free agent catcher from Milwaukee, even if it means Calhoun or Dickerson, that's Cole Calhoun or Corey Dickerson in right field. That's Jim in Lockport. Yeah. I mean, it it makes sense, you know. I mean, you you, know, you want a left-handed bat, but um, the other side of it is is that, um, you know, with uh, with those guys, they're more temporary. When you bring in a guy like Castellanos, you're bringing in a known quantity, a guy that not only brings you a, a lot on the field but off the field as well. We saw him energize a Chicago Cub team that needed a lot of energy boost in that, those last two months. Mm-hmm. And Martinez, even if if he does opt out, you're talking about what a 33 year old guy, 34, 34. He's going to play at 34. It's, there's a five year difference in age. Yeah. So, um, I, I think Martinez would be an idiot to opt out. Number one, but if he does, uh, he might be shocked at uh, how little he's appreciated, knowing that he's still a 3500 uh-huh. guy. But you know, he's going to be limited to being the DH. Uh, not a great outfielder, not a lot of range. Um, people are going to be scared off by that age. Yeah, I, I think so. Texture says Castellanos is a defensive liability in right field. Defense important when your left fielder is a defensive liability. I saw enough from Castellanos to make me a disbeliever in some of what the metrics have said about him forever. I got to say, I mean, in terms he's, of a right he's, fielder. He's better than what we thought. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's not Jason Hayward in right field, but, you know. No, I think but I mean, if you, have, if you have Luis Robert, yes. uh, who is roaming center field and doing it uh, with uh, a lot of um, ability to cover the gaps, um, 
I mean, he's going to get worn out if uh, Jimenez is in left and Castellanos is in right. But from that perspective, uh, you have um, you have the ability to cover some of that ground. And I think Castellanos going to his right is fine and probably going toward the line is his weakest uh, role. And Bruce, staying with the White Sox and a, and a pitching free agent target, I, I think you believe – Garrett Cole is going to end up a Dodger, or at least they're going to make a big push. Dodger right? or an Angel, or an Angel, excuse me, yeah. Angel is what yeah. I meant. Angel it, or a Yankee. Okay, wow. I think the Yankees, you know, they have good starting pitching. They don't have that guy. They, they sure don't. don't. So this would be oh, the ten-year CC Sabathia revisit uh-huh. with another guy in Cole, who's going to be, I think, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. So, so if we take Cole off the market and out of the mix for the White Sox, you have said Keuchel before as a target. I like that I like idea. Keuchel, yeah. I like Keuchel. How about Jake Odorizzi? How do you feel about Jake Not Odorizzi? Bad. Not bad. I mean, uh, a veteran pitcher to go in with some of these young guys, I think, is is key. Uh, the, the White Sox talked about not one, but maybe two. You know, they with their payroll flexibility, they could they could add Odorizzi and Keuchel if they wanted to. Mm. That would be a different dynamic. You know, that would bring them into, on paper, a contending team in 2020. I got a crazy idea for a lefty starter who has shown a remarkable ability to keep going out there and give you five or six innings. You've been down the road twice before. Mark Burley's not coming out of retirement. Gio Gonzalez. He's very good at that. Right? Yeah. He just keeps doing it. And? He certainly has enough experience in the White Sox organization. He's been <laughs> traded twice. Yeah, right. Go get Kevin I'm, Floyd I'm for sure him he's going to ask for a no trade this time in, in that contract, which yeah. he won't get. I know. Uh, 670, the score is where you are. We'll take a break, come back, and take more of your phone calls uh, about all things White Sox and Cubs between now and the top of the hour. He's Bruce Levine. Bruce, the texture says, uh, Bruce, I'm standing at the corner of Sugar Cookie Lane and Marndle Bread Drive, and I don't see you. Uh, well, I'm in the studio, but I'll be there momentarily. Wait for me, 11 o'clock. You know, it's only a 30-minute drive from uh, uh-huh. downtown and 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border ah. to get to Max and Benny's. There so it is. I'll see you at 1130. By the way, Texter wrote uh, Mungo Bread Drive, but I, I appreciate what he's, where he's trying to go here. This segment on The Score is brought to you by Lakeside Bank. Keep it here on Inside the Clubhouse. 670, the score is where you are. Do you think it is a de-juiced ball here in the postseason, Bruce Levine? All the uh, all the science from the people who have really broken down the baseball itself and measured it says yes. Four feet? A few feet. Okay. I, you know, you would need a bigger sample size than just the postseason. If it is a de-juiced ball. Mm-hmm. Which ball is going to be in play next year? That's a good question. I think Rob Manford and his people are going to have to figure it out because, um, you know, strikeouts have continued to um, break records seven years in a row. Uh And home runs continue to break records, you know, years in a row. And the strikeouts are more prevalent than hits now. Um, Is that the kind of game you want? Is Is that what you want in your game? Or... Would you like a little limitation to the ball? I think it's the type, the, the problem, the quandary for general managers is you've already drafted and signed uh, for the past six or seven years uh, with some of your top picks or your, or your trades, mm-hmm. launch angle guys. Right. If they're not impactful anymore, how does that impact the industry? 
Uh, how does that impact who you scout, who you sign? I mean, it, it's it's very important for the top officials for all these baseball teams to understand what the ball is going to be like. Absolutely. I, I think the Cubs loaded up on a certain type of hitter that was going to be more valuable. And then all of a sudden the ball got very juicy and contact hitters became 25 home run hitters. And all of a sudden the guys that you got were, and, and, and while this was happening, the league figured out to attack the guys. Well, that you yeah, got. that's it. You know, you know, you have the, the great organizations out there teaching the, uh, for four seamer and the splitter or the change down and mm-hmm. you you're combating that um and walks don't appear to be going up strikeouts appear to be going up so the adjustment by these players you have to you have a whole new cycle of players that you might be looking at that are more adept at doing different things other than just hitting the ball out of the ballpark with launch angle yeah uh, a text here uh for you bruce bruce are the rumors of Kenny Williams being more involved in free agency with Rick Hahn true? And if so, what does I don't know it mean? what more means. I mean, uh, Kenny is the executive vice president of the team. That means uh, he is with Rick. Uh, the layer starts Jerry Reinsdorf, Kenny Williams, Rick Hahn. Rick Hahn has a lot of autonomy in the general manager's role, but for any big acquisitions or trades, uh, it's a three-headed monster. This is Mike in Seattle on 670 The Score. What's up, Mike? You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, guys, I, a follow-up question with what Bruce just mentioned. Uh, being a frustrated White Sox fan, I have been really impressed by what Theo has done with the reorganization of their baseball administration. He's doing that after a five-year run of, um, of 80 and 90 win seasons. We're at the end of a seven-year run of losing, big losing seasons, and we don't do anything. Uh, and this question of are we looking too internally, why do not the White Sox resist change in their organization? It's not as if Kenny Williams is, has delivered a lot of success over the last 10 years. I'm just interested in your observations on the contrast between the Sox and the Cubs on this point. Well, the, the White Sox have uh, pepped up their uh, metrics department significantly over the last seven years, and they are in the 21st century. Uh, they, they've changed hitting coaches with a new philosophy with Frank Menachino that you'll see uh, advocating and imploring his hitters to do different things. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if you can paint with a broad brush. brush. I, and the Cubs for example, are changing the way they've been doing things over the last eight years by adding new department heads for hitting and pitching and getting a new player development person and a new scouting director. When the White Sox embarked upon this rebuild and kept a lot of the same people in-house, it was going to be different steps. And they've made a lot of different steps. First Chris Getz, then Nick Hostetler. Now Hostetler moved away from amateur scouting, shifted to a new role this year, and they brought in other people. Right. So pro scouting is is, is evolving. So I think Uh, they've made a fair amount of changes. Same thing with their medical staff. Uh, They brought in... New technical people to to run their medical staff. Herm Schneider was given a three year contract as a, uh, a consultant, but in effect uh, was no longer running it. Brian Ball, who was his assistant, is still running it. But they have a lot more technical people involved in their their medical training and their medical treatment as well. So mm-hmm. so they are modernized. Yeah, uh, having gone away from Doug Lauman and Buddy Bell before that, and just you know, yeah, I mean, they, the, they've made some moves. It's it, it, it probably appears to White Sox fans that it's slow, 
but uh, any rebuild uh, usually is. Uh, this is a big year for the White Sox. They have to step up. They have to be an eighty-five to ninety-win team this year. That there's there's no exception to it. If anything else would be not living up to where, where they expect to be. So now you got to go out and spend, and you got to find players that are willing to buy into what you're doing, right? And where you're doing it, and all of that. Right. You know, with the with the Cubs, we we see the demarcation as being. Uh, the Joe Madden, uh, John Lester free agent signings. Uh, that was the key move going forward. What will it be for the Chicago White Sox? Will it be bringing Abreu back and adding two starting pitchers? Uh, we'll have to see how they go about that. Is it a, a Castellanos, somebody that they will consider? How how far will they go? Yeah, who is their Jason Worth um, for what the Nationals did? And, yeah, that's a, and Worth that's a is, very good count. And Worth is the guy, it was funny, I was reading today about Bryce Harper, who says he's not jealous, and jealousy's a bad thing, of his Nationals team as it goes to the World Series without him. But there were some quotes in there from Jason Worth. Jason Worth's task, his job, was to make sure that Bryce Harper didn't lose himself. And, and just bring a different mentality to that team. Though You know, he yep. Worth had been the, an important contributor, not the star but more, more like the Ben Zobrist of the Phillies when they were in their six-year run of winning a lot and going to the World Series two years in a row. Mm. Let's uh, go to John on the south side on 670 The Score. Hello, John. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good morning. Uh, hey, I just want to comment about Chris Bryant potentially being traded. I think it's a horrible idea for several reasons. One, um, you're kind of, of selling low. He's, he didn't have his greatest season. But at the same time, he's consistently put up a 900 OPS, which no other Cub mm-hmm. seems to do. Um, he's a great base runner. He's a great defender. He's he's versatile. He's by far your best player. He's won an MVP. I, I just think that would be a really backwards move by the organization uh, versus trying to build around him. I don't know. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Signability is the key. You know, we're they're at a window point where uh, they have to weigh Matt uh, – how long this player will be beneficial to them. Mm-hmm. What is their plan going forward? We talked about it a little earlier. Um, can they can they create a new window beyond 2021? That's the key for this group. Two years and walk is the assumption, I think, for Chris They've Bryant. tried to sign him. Right. I mean, they've, they've, there have been attempts. There have been attempts at all their big guys. Uh-huh. And uh, so far, agents are holding out, and they don't – they look at the Anthony Rizzo contract and go, "That's not happening to our guy. We're not, we're not taking seventy million dollars for uh, nine years. That's not going to work." Bruce, I was asked something this week um, by a producer here who said, "Hey, so does Strasburg being this great and carrying the Nationals to a World Series does that validate what they did seven years ago when they shut him down for a postseason?" Um, it's a great point. I'll, I'll tell you. You know what validates that, or not validates that, but the, the payback they got. Four years after they did that in 2012, at either the behest or the agreement of Scott Boris, Steven Strasburg signed an extension with the Nationals. Seven years, 175, a year before he would have hit free agency. Boris doesn't usually do that, but he did it with them. He did it with them, and I believe that there is some quid pro quo in there about the 2012 shutdown. Don't use that term. No? Hear it too much in the news. Okay. (laughs) But I don't don't mean to be the whistleblower. You're right. I mean, the relationship between the Lerner family and Boris is... Documented, right? You know? I mean, it's you know, it's it's the 
Boros team. That's the thing. Mike Rizzo agreeing to something that an agent should not be able to demand, in my opinion. But then it worked in there. It might work again. Strasburg has an opt-out here. He might opt out and sign again with the Nationals because he is happy there as well. Yeah, you know, that $45 million that he is getting four years from now, <laughs> that might might stop him from asking for more. But it is $100 million over four years with the heavy weight yeah. in that fourth year of forty five million dollars. It's insane. Million dollars. Twenty five, then fifteen, fifteen, and forty five. Forty five. Has- I mean, and the brilliance of, of Boros is dude, we're establishing the marketplace for that year, you know, four years from now. That'll be that'll be my what my guys are getting. Forty five million dollars a year to pitch. Wow, you're right. As 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 he looks around. Yeah. Uh, 670, the score is where you are. Uh, it has been a pleasure, Bruce Levine. You blowing me off for Steve Rosenblum? By choice. I think it's it's probably a good idea. Every Saturday at 10.54. You guys are going to talk everything Bears, Bulls, Hawks. Yeah, a lot of Bears. I know Jay Hilgenberg is yep. going to join us. Um, I've got a highlight from last night's Yankees-Astros game, though, that I'm going to play with him at some point along the way. But, uh, yeah, it's been it's, a pleasure. It's been fun. We thank Zach Withers for a job well done. We always uh, are appreciative of our guests. This week it was Jeff Blum adding his expertise, the TV uh, play-by-color guy for the Houston Astros. You, your great listeners, we appreciate you very much. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website, 670score.com. I write Cubs and Sox. You guys have a great time. Don't suck. Deal. Oh, wait a minute. We're supposed to. I get so confused. Rosie and me next on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.